Ocean FM Donegal Plumbing and Heating Old Lahey Road Donegal Town Suppliers of underfloor heating packages Aluminium radiators Samson and Daikin Air to water heat pumps And all your renewable needs And sponsors of the Donegal GAA Podcast It's just fabulous to see him alive and up and picking her up The thing about the club is you don't choose your club <laughs> um, it's, it's like family. You want to get back out on the field. It's just uh, it's, it's in your blood, I suppose. And just want to get out there now and get the games going again. Brian Murray, let me shake hands with you. You come in here hobbling. How are you feeling now? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll tell you nothing about a couple of pints, won't you? I'll tell you, you know. He gets the foot behind it. He launches it in. It's over the bar. The wee man from Chipchar. Yes, welcome to the Donegal GAA podcast with Ocean FM. Uh, Paddy McGill here coming from O'Neill's Healy Park in Oma, where it was a bad day at the office for Paddy Carr's side, going down 16 points to 8 at the hands of the 2021 All-Ireland Champions Tyrone. On this Sunday edition, we hear from the Irish Sun and Killy Beggs' Jason Byrne. We also hear from the Donegal Democrat duo of Alan Foley and Frank Craig. But before all that, he joined me on commentary. It's former Donegal player and captain, Porrick McShay. And here's what the Arua man had to say. Coming over here today, I was worried. I was worried for a couple of reasons. One was that Tyrone were in dire straits if they'd been beaten today. Two was that even though we won last weekend and showed an awful lot of courage and a lot of battle, uh, a number of our more established players hadn't really performed that well against uh, Curry, but in you know the cold light of day when you're analysing it, beating the All Ireland champions, even if they were short a lot, uh, tends to cloud your opinion of things. Uh, for that reason, I was saying to you during the commentary today that we needed our more established players to lead from the front, and unfortunately, none of them did. That's been extremely blunt, but it's been very, very honest. The younger fellas try hard again, and we named them young Conor O'Donnell, who's very, very good. Young uh, Pather Morgan, when he came in, injected that pace. He's a good footballer, and from day one, I always liked him as a player. Uh, Darrow Boyle tried hard enough as well, and Mark Corn, who was charged with somewhat impossible task of curbing or doing a damage limitation job on Darrow Canavan, did quite well. Canavan uh, finished with three points, but the fact that the Tyrone only had a goal disallowed would be indicative of the, uh, I suppose, the fact that the Donegal defence survived, didn't press but survived. Part of the reason for that, and I'm not putting the nail right into Donegal's coffin, was that Tyrone, in my opinion, even though the one pulling up, uh, are a long way short of what they were 18 months ago. They have a lot of improving to do. And, you know, they're not going to win every match in this league either. But the, the disappointing aspect of it, Paddy, for me, was not so much the defeat. The defeat was comprehensive and it wasn't a major surprise. But the lack of b- bottle, the lack of leadership, the lack of initiative in the Donegal performance today is something to be very worried about going forward. Why was that? Why was that today, Porrick? Why were 
Donegal so poor in so many sectors of the field? Well, I don't think I'm a man for making excuses, to be honest with you, Paddy. But certainly, the sooner we get Michael Langan back, the better, because he is potentially our best midfielder. Uh, Kieran Thompson is also a big loss. Ryan McHugh would have brought uh, his pace to uh, bear in that game there today. So we're, we're short a number of key players, and we can't afford to, because... You know, even though we had four or five young fellas performing very, very well last week, I made the point during the week that if you get one or two of them long distance to make it a senior inter-county level, you'll do very, very well. And possibly the, the lads nearly overperformed against the Curry team who played an awful lot of lateral football. And when I saw Jack O'Connor, you know, blaming the referee after the match, uh, Curry scored uh, I think it was three points in 50 minutes and th- that was a very p- poor return for a team that were you know def- uh, all Ireland champions it was a very poor uh, return by them the conditions last week would have helped us to a degree as well because you know the skill factor is equalised on a heavy pitch but uh, we cannot take away from last weekend but as good as last weekend was I think the f- best way to describe today was as poor as as last weekend was good and that's as simple as that so there's not an awful lot of uh, comfort going down the road reflecting on that performance You've been watching Donegal a long time Porrick you were captain once upon it same now the years have been very kind as I said on commentary and you've seen different management teams you've seen many players you've played with many great players and maybe not so many great players but Porrick coming into 2023 the past couple of weeks past couple of weeks or so I beg your pardon how do you th- what do you think is going to manifest itself here in 2023 how what are the outcomes for Donegal uh, where do you think Donegal this Donegal management and this Donegal team are going to end up what would be a good year well, I would have to say, in fairness to Paddy Carr, you know, he hasn't been dealt a great hand coming in and losing so many players and having so many injuries. That's not easy for any manager, and particularly for Paddy Carr. But I would be concerned about our ability, watching that today, I would be concerned about our ability to prevail in the first division. And if we are to progress and, and you know, continue to be a top eight team, I was saying earlier in the year, we were all, at worst, we had been a top eight team for the last 10 years. We were spoiled because it was a pilgrimage to clone us year in year out for Ulster finals and we took it for granted and even you know going back to my time playing we got to a couple of Ulster finals we won a few of them but before that for a lifetime to go to see an Ulster final in Clonus was to watch Cavan and Down or Derry and Tyrone we weren't involved uh, we were spoiled we had a great 10 years whether we like it or not probably should have won more than we did win but we still you know we were in there batting with the best in the country and holding our own fairly well with them. That doesn't look to be uh, potentially on at the moment because we, we, we have a number of players who are going to have trouble making it at the, this level of football. I have no doubt about that. And that worries me and that disappoints me. And to be fair to Paddy Carr, and you would have an intimate knowledge yourself, Paddy, of Donegal Club Football, from Ballyshannon to Buncrana to Guidor, I don't know of any young players who haven't got a shot for Donegal that Paddy Carr or indeed Declan Boner, should have been trying. We're not uh, over-endowed with serious potential at this moment in time. And this thing, this football thing can be cyclical. Ten years in Ulster Finals, yes, but I have a horrible feeling that if we're going to clone us for an Ulster Final or whatever this year, we mightn't be going with the Donegal colours on us. And I really hope I'm wrong about that. (laughs) 
you're always the best dressed man at any game park anyway, so if you have the colours or not, so... Two weeks now, Monaghan finally, finally, Porrick, and I know it's a cliche, and we're sick of sick of them at this stage. But they've lost two from two, and we know Monaghan. They're just a different beast when they play Donegal, whatever it is, whatever we don't own them, but that, that's going to be another. Minus still so many key players, Owen Ban, Michael Lang and Ryan McHugh, the list goes on, so that's going to be a big, big task now for Paddy Carr and Co. I, it's absolutely, you know, today, I thought today would turn into a bit of a dogfight, but it hadn't because, you know, it's such a one-sided game, uh, but going to Monaghan... The best day ever we were. It was a dog fight to get out of Monaghan. They turned us over in a few Ulster finals. Uh, they love playing us. They get stuck into us early on. And they still have... They're playing without Conor McManus at the moment. And uh, I think uh, the other good forward that they had, McKaig, is injured as well. But in Monaghan, they will die for the jersey. Now, I, I wouldn't fault... The young Donegal lads tried today. They did try. And they put an effort in. But... You need more than that. You need a certain degree of skill at inter-county level to cut it at that level. The dividing line between club football party and inter-county football is huge. And at the moment, we have a number of players who are in the periphery but haven't shown me at this stage that they're good enough to make the cut. And that's a worry. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I would dearly, I'm a great believer in playing first division football because that's the place that young fellas cut their teeth and know how to play against the top level and learn how to play. But looking last week when there was great television coverage of a lot of the league games, Paddy, looking at the second division, if we're unlucky enough to go into the second division, we'll have a hell of a job getting out of it because the standard there is huge as well. It's, I actually concur, I think it's the strongest Division 2 that I can ever remember like we have Dublin who you know are going to be there thereabouts for Sam obviously we have Derry who are on the crest of a wave Kildare who are you know on an upward trajectory and Cork as well like they're really really good sides I think I agree if Donegal were in Division 2 I don't they would be far from favourites to get promoted absolutely that's my worry if we go to the second division we could have a hell of a dog fight to get out of it that's my worry but could I say Paddy just uh, deviating for a second it was a very tough week uh, in Donegal town with the loss of Corny Carr and Paul Duncan they were two very fine young men they were two gentlemen they were great chair people as well and to both families I would uh, on behalf of everybody at Ocean send my condolences it was a very severe double blow for both families and for Donegal Town last week there's much bigger things out there than football too isn't there Parik absolutely Paddy I was over at Corny's funeral I was at Paul's wake and certainly your heart will go out to the families two young men in the prime of their life and two gentlemen no doubt and uh a gentleman yourself, Park. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Donegal GA podcast and before that on commentary. Thanks, Park. No problem, Paddy. A pleasure. Okay, now we're joined here by Alan Foley and Frank Craig, both of, of course, from the Donegal Democrat lads. We heard from Park McShea there, former Donegal player, Donegal captain. Almost disillusioned, really flat feeling, Frank. I'll come to you first, and he probably echoes every Donegal supporter that leaves Oma here today. It just wasn't good, was it? No, it wasn't good. And You know, round two of the National Football League after such an encouraging, maybe, performance and victory last week. It's kind of a, maybe a wake-up call, Paddy, in, in terms of just where we're at. It, it was really flat. I don't think there was ever a stage there once the game started that you felt Donegal were in that game and then they're going to take it to Tyrone, you know. They're a big rival and regardless of, you know, what umbrella it's under, whether it's National Football League or, or whatever, you know, points are, are there to be fought for at least. And it was just, you know, there was no real fuzz or, or no real aggression there. And 
just even in terms of how we were structured or how we were set up like it we didn't really ask questions or punch holes and Tyrone were much busier and much hungrier and it just maybe leaves a lot of questions there like last week give us a bump but maybe you know the concerns that we had going into the Kerry game that didn't materialise you know they've come home to roost here this afternoon in Oma I think it's theme for me right throughout the game but particularly in that first 20-25 minutes and it's something you do notice in commentary you do miss a lot when you're commentating as well but one thing Donegal just kept getting turned over we counted Porrick counted I think from like 10 attacks we were turned over something like 9 times between the Tyrone 45 and 65 metre line that was just as I said a snapshot almost of the entire contest I coughing up cheap possession. I think when you're stripped to the ball like that there, Paddy, you know, nine times out of ten is because you haven't had an option. You know, somebody's not off your shoulder, somebody's not uh, maybe offering, uh, you know, maybe an option. And I think that's what's happened. You know, you, you kind of, you know, you hesitate in possession and it, it's taken off. And I think that, you know, it was abundantly evident in so many occasions there this afternoon. And listen, a fortnight's break now, I think it's paramount that Donegal try to get, you know, one or two of their, their more experienced campaigners back into the mix now because not only are our are, are points obviously massive to try and stay in Division 1, but Championship comes pretty quickly, you know, towards the end of April. So, you know, those players need to be to be battle-hardened and need to be road-tested. And, you know, you can you only can do that there now uh, in, the, in these uh, six or five league games that we've left. So, I mean, once upon a time, you had that six or seven-week break and, you know, lead into the Championship. Donegal won't know. No side will have this that this year. But with the amount of people that are missing from Donegal, like, we have to start drip back and drip feeding them back into the mix now and getting minutes under the belt. And listen, not only that, there the quality that they'll bring would hopefully mean you you would start adding points somewhere here along the line. But as we've seen across maybe the, the all the divisions and even only just two rounds, and you know home advantage is massive and sides are picking up home ones. And you know at the start of this league campaign, I think it was at four away and three were at a disadvantage right away. So listen, it's going to be a really really difficult uh, road ahead. I think for only go on this league. Dare I say, Frank, were there any? positives from today the big positive is that Patter Bogan is back in the mix and even though I, I, obviously I don't know how much training he's done or what he's been at in Liverpool but when he was in possession you know there seemed to be that zip on him he was able to bypass men you know on the run and off the shoulder so I think I mean that there is massive but as I said there's five or six other lads you know the likes of the Kieran Thompsons you know the Michael Langans uh, the Oshin uh, Gallons we just need to get back into the mix here as soon as possible yeah, and I believe Ryan McHugh is actually going to be out for a couple of weeks. And as you rightly said, Frank, it's it's just so, so unforgiving. It was just one of those days at the office, wasn't it, Alan? Kind of shades of maybe down in Tralee last year. We kind of have one of these in the locker every year. But can I say, Alan, at the same time, as bad and all as today was. So maybe we're not as bad as we were today. Maybe we're not as good as we thought we were against Kerry last week. But I suppose maybe at the outset, two points from the first two matches, we probably would have taken it. But... To add on to that though, maybe it was the manner of their performance today. Yeah, um, you know, the fixture list when they come out first, you're playing the last two Ireland champions, pretty daunting, but I suppose the way the kind of cards fell, there was a chance there last week against Kerry with so many absentees, like they started with five of the players that played against Galway in the final last year, none of the forwards, and, you know, Donegal done well to win that game, and they probably needed that. It was more important a game, I think, for Donegal and for Paddy Carr than it would have been for Kerry and Jack O'Connor. But, you know, it, it was kind of a winter discontent, I think, I put it during the week with a lot of things going on in Donegal football. So getting the win last week, um, you know, it was good to hear the roar again, just when Patrick McBurdy's uh, pointed over to the bar at the end. Paddy Carr had said to the team at halftime, you know, this team, these people will back you. 
you know, they'll get behind you if you get going like this. And, um, you know, come in here today and you thought, you know, you know, you thought I did, you thought probably that before, before you come in here, you know, last week, you know, that, you know, we'd expect Tyrone probably to beat Ross Connell in the first game. Might have thought Kerry would have beaten us. It was actually the total opposite as it happens. But right from the start, you know, it was just Tyrone were comfortable with the ball at the very start for two and a half minutes, I think, before Donegal even got to touch the ball. And even though Jack McKelvey had probably the best goal chance, uh, either side in the first half, Tyrone had caught Donegal open like three or four or five times. Um, the one at the end of the half, Carmack Monroe's one really just could have just as easy gone the top corner, and things kind of just got worse from there. Actually, I thought the third, third quarter to run just were totally in, utterly on top. So, all up, plenty of thinking. Look, the management team are still relatively new to this, and uh, you know, I think everyone should give them a chance on that. Um, but it's already looking the way this league is shaping out with Roscommon having posted two victories already, mm. they would have probably been the team expected to be scrapping down the bottom, and no, it's done like all of Monaghan in two weeks' time in Slona, so like that's a big, big game when it comes around, Paddy. Already you get the feeling the losers that one. Uh, just are in absolute huge trouble. Can I ask you, Frank, because Alan, myself, and Parik McShay were just talking off air, so we didn't get down to Paddy Carr. Were you talking to him? Yeah, I was just chatting to him outside the change rooms there. Listen, I suppose his observations were the same as the rest of us. He said uh, they just didn't get up to the pitch of the play early on. Tyrone tagged on, you know, those first three points uh, inside eight minutes, and that put Donegal on the back foot, and it obviously gave Tyrone a bump and a bit of confidence, and it, like all our issues and problems kind of stemmed from that quick start, I think, from Tyrone. Yeah, and it's, it is unforgiven, and he's been dealt a... Yeah, I know we're going to probably rinse and repeat here, but it's... It's it's been it's been a tough couple of weeks, not just for everybody in Donegal, but it's been a it's been a tough start for Paddy Carr in terms of just coming in so late in the old and the whole process himself, and it's not his fault. Like we'd always like to reiterate that. Yeah, and they've had to hit the ground running, obviously simply because we we talk about that their sort of condensed season, rivering sort of ties into each other, and it's probably never been as important maybe to have some you know form and uh, I suppose structure during the league and listen there's no doubt that Paddy Carr's kind of come in so late in the day that he, he probably hasn't had that chance to put the kind of stamp on it he's wanted and you're playing catch up from this here point on a two week break now as you say with Monaghan obviously having their issues as well it's a massive game going to Clonus uh, you know the shape of the league three rounds and looking maybe into the second part of it you'll probably have a far better idea of who's going to be in bother you know who, who you know who's settling in that their top half of it so Paddy it's just like I suppose it's just interesting times going ahead but there's no doubt that uh, Donegal have some big concerns hey and I think they're probably they're, they're the obvious ones you know that uh, that Paddy Carr mentioned down there as you say and maybe the obvious ones that we'll be writing about and talking about this evening yeah there's absolutely no doubt about that can I just ask you finally Frank and I know we've only played two rounds and we've you know, I'll we'll be talking to Alan Foley about other stuff that broke in Donegal over the past couple of days. We'll be talking to Alan in a couple of minutes' time. But would, with Carr coming in so late over Bradley, etc., and with the kind of cloud that's been over Donegal football over the past couple of months, you know, whether that was the, the shambles, really, of the process in the first place. Again, it's not the current management team. Um, but then we had Michael Murphy, you know, leaving and that. Relegation from this division, I know that's really premature, but... To just be a further, further nail in the coffin, wouldn't it? For a team that three, four years ago were supposed to be going on this upward trajectory, it's funny what a couple of years can do. Oh yeah, listen, I suppose just the, the pile on of negativity then it all becomes relevant. I mean, last week after that one over Kerry, you know, things looked pretty optimistic. 
then that hammer blow during the week off of Kerr Lacey's departure from the academy and we'll chat about that a little later on but it just it, even on the back of today's loss saying you know that it, it just it, it's kind of it bears fruit in terms of negativity in the commentary and you can't kind of get away from it then where you sort of maybe analyse the whole picture and then you revert back to the management process again so I mean negative results will yield negative analysis as well and that, that's kind of the conundrum and the predicament that maybe as you say unfair in the new management but, but that's the kind of microscope they'll find themselves under of results aren't going the way you start looking at the bigger and broader picture again Paddy whether that's fair or not fair yeah. I mean I mean that's just football and that's just commentary and that's what will happen yeah, and we will have more on that. Carlisi and the Academy uh, coming up shortly. It is funny, you're, and you're absolutely right. Thanks to Frank Craig and Alan Foley, because I do think when you get a win and if Donegal beat Monaghan in two weeks' time, we'll be everyone will be back looking for hotels in Crow Park on Ireland final weekend, such as the Jekyll and nature of the National Football League and indeed the GAA in general. As I said, we'll be talking to Alan very shortly, but also thanks to Frank Craig uh, of the Donegal Democrat for joining me here on the Donegal GAA podcast. So, thanks once again to Frank Craig. Alan Foley has stayed on, finished typing up. I hate knowing news, lads, in the aftermath of the game because I know how busy you are. The other breaking news in Donegal over the past couple of days, Carl Lacey, you know, Donegal's most decorated player ever and one of Donegal's, without doubt, greatest ever, steps away from the academy. Alan Foley, what has happened here? Uh, we're not too sure what happened, really. Carl uh, just informed his coaching staff on Friday evening, thanked them for all their good work. Uh, there was a line of, you know, he, he said it's probably down to the lack of support. Uh, it was an interesting line from Carl. Um, from the outside looking in, Paddy, I think it's 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 a real pity. It's it's not far off a disaster, to be honest. Um, I met with Carl before Christmas, and you know we'd been encouraged actually by county board officials um, last year. You know when we were probably annoying them about who's what's the story with Declan Bonner or who's going to take over or whatever. To maybe like you know put a bit of concentration on that sort of thing of the great work being done. Had heard lots. Um, and sat down with them a couple of hours, you know, just towards the end of the year. They were just wrapping up, actually, so that was probably the best time to sit down with them. And I was blown away by the work they've done uh, from under-14s right up to under-20s. Um, just, you know, a network of coaches, I think, but 45 coaches went through the lists with them, like, like top, top men, all, you know, top men and women, sorry, GAA people from the county, even next year, you know, they'd already got 267 players registered, that's only at the under 14 level, uh, it just brought so much to the county, real professional approach, which you kind of really wouldn't expect much less of Carl, you know, you know, the way Carl as a player, you know, the way he carries himself, you know, probably our most decorated player, a lecturer in ATU, master's degree from the University of Limerick, um, I just think, you know, it's a real pity it's, it's come to this now. Look, maybe the next step is going to come. We haven't had any official correspondence from Donegal GA with that. So maybe we'll hear something this week. We'll, we'll probably have to chase it up. I even see just, I've been talking in the past couple of days to brilliant Donegal GAA people and they tell me like yourself and even here in Oma here today, they're saying how impressive the standard of coaching was and Carl was presiding over all of that and you had young lads from under 14s, under 20s, couldn't wait to get back to the academy. And they just loved it. And I remember doing a commentary with Maxi Curran a year or two ago and he was talking about the likes of Carl or Liam McLean or these lads. They've got such respect among young people because of what they've done on the pitch and how they conduct themselves and they're so methodical in what they do and they know the modern game. And you say the word disastrous. You're the fifth or sixth person 
who knows about this that has said the exact same thing. It just seems like a huge, huge step backwards if this can't be resolved. And we don't know, can it be resolved? I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, as I said, the news kind of just uh, broke on Friday there. Uh, you know, a bit of background on this really was, you know, I think it's no secret if you look at schools football, some of the underage football that, you know, Donegal are probably starting to lag behind the likes of Tyrone and Derry especially. Um, there's a bit of a, you know, a shortfall there. Uh, that's not to criticise anybody who wears a school jersey or a county jersey or whatever, but it was just, you know, to get the thing going, build something, like there was so many people on board, it was the county board that came to Carl initially, uh, late, you know, he came into the job two years ago, basically made, made a presentation, this is, this is the way I do it, uh, you know, it was, like, I mean, a lot of boxes were ticked here, this was not something that was just thrown together, and the county board decided to go with it, you know. You know, besides the, the football, the, there's links with schools, there's, you know, even, you know, there's help set up for the young guys' career guidance. There's health and wellness set up to involve the, the Jigsaw project. You know, it's just basically to make make the young people involved, you know, better people, better, you know, rounded individuals. And, you know, if the football thing works out for them, well and good. If not, you know what I mean? You know, you've still got very talented players bringing back these good habits to their clubs. And that's what was encouraged here as well. There was never kind of an exclusive county thing. Even when the players come in at under 14 first, they're, they're encouraged to wear their club jerseys, you know, and, and not be shy of saying who you are and where you're from. Um, if players were dropped off, you know, at various stages, they have to kind of streamline the panel, panels a bit. The doors never close. Um, it wasn't like back in the day where, you know, Paddy McGill, the air drama manager, <laughs> got a phone call and said, send us up two lads here. You know, every single uh, young fellow in the county had a chance become involved in this so uh, it was day-to-day -day monitoring of players and we hear there like Barry Ward was involved Damien Dever was involved Marty Boyle was involved Danny O'Donnell was involved these are uh, to them just an absolute few as you said what 40 45 these are lads we need involved on a micro level and then eventually that manifests man, manifests itself I beg your pardon into the greater good of Donegal football that's what Kerry do Mayo do Galway have started to do it Tyrone and Derry have been doing Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is, and you know, if you went through, you named a few names there, like there's too many for me to name, but it basically dots every single corner of this county, every club was treated the same, you know, there wasn't this exclusivist thing over our areas, traditionally stronger than yours or whatever, you can even see the kind of development when you see a side like Moville won under 13 Division 1 this mm -hmm. year, you know, um, they were all represented, so uh, I just, I really think, you know, we're at a crossroads with this now, I'm I'm not sure if, if there's any chance of Carl coming back. I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, the county board, if there seems to be some sort of issue there, um, judging by Carl's comments. In fairness, the county board, as of yet, have not had a right or reply. So, look, listen, look, they may, might have something to say, but, you know, the, like some of the links up links up they have there, like the Limerick, the Limerick hurlers, you know, have started to dominate the sport. Donegal have a link up with them. Uh, Dublin City University, like DCU, like second to none in terms of third level. Leinster Rugby, you have IRFU, Southampton FC. These are all links, you know, that, you know, information and, and ability is kind of shared over and back. And as I said, I was actually blown away by it when I met Carolyn and done it. We were actually going to go over at some stage, maybe in the new year, and go over, you know, with someone with a camera and just show the things because there was so much going on there behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> And it's just really disappointing because it looks like it's going to be stunted now before it really got a chance to run. It only had two years. Like, you probably need a full cycle of these guys, you know, from the age of 14 up to under 20s or whatever to really see the benefit of it. Like, but 
you know, when you see Donegal now with 14 debuts at senior level in the McKenna Cup, we had three more in the second half league debuts today, we had three last week and then Luke McGlynn come off the bench, you know. Like this is the sort of talent some of those lads were in, you know, at the very kind of latter stages of that, but just love to see it, you know, come and give it a go from under 14 level up and see where we're at, you know, in four or five years time, because those lads now would be like 14, 15, you know, 16 years of age. Because it's not, it's not about waiting for these absolute brilliant players to come along. Great if they do, it's the cherry on top. It's about, it's about creating a conveyor belt. When Kerry lose a great player, even Tyrone, probably slightly to a lesser extent, they know what their various structures and underage and everything that's been put into it, they know they're not that long away from maybe more 8 out of 10s coming along. And as I said, if you get your David Cliffords or your Murphys or your whoever it is, all well and good, but it's about creating that culture, isn't it? Yeah, well, the element of chance is, is slowly going out of sport, really. Like France in the 1980s in football had a golden generation with Michel Platini. They probably, you know, should have done won the World Cup in 1982, got to semi-final six, didn't qualify in 90, didn't qualify in 94. But, you know, in the ladies, this was a disaster. You know, they set up a centralised system and then they won the World Cup in 1998. Jeremy done the same after Euro 2000 and then they were winning the World Cup again in 2014. As you can see in Tyrone and Derry, all around the country, these you know movements are being made. The traditional powers and the teams that are doing right are the big teams, but that's why they're consistent. And as I said, you can't just leave things to chance. Donegal, I think, have still got seriously good, talented players. You know, all down the years, we've always had that. You know what I mean? There's teams that done well, there's teams that didn't go well. But I think there's a good standard there. But I says we, we just can't keep relying on nearly getting lucky like that or, you know, putting all the emphasis on the club or on the school. Like this approach we had was joined up thinking. Um, and that's what Carl stressed. He wanted this joined up thinking. And I don't know if it's coming down to, to finances or whatever. But, you know, I think in there's enough people, I think, could put their hands in their pockets to support Donegal GA. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking if you got something up and run, you pay five euro a week into it, that's what per person 250 euro a year if you got what 1500 people doing that that's 450,000 well like. of all the institutions and i'm uh, i work in dublin as well and i'm friends with a lot of league of ireland people okay and they would say they're envious of the gaa and how they fundraise and so are the irfu in every because we have i suppose what we have in the ga as an institution you have parish boundaries or county boundaries which you don't have as much in so you know you could have in clondalkin could have seven clubs, soccer clubs. You know what I mean? Rather than have one GA club, say, Round Towers or yes. whoever it is. So that's what the GA does well, is fundraising, you know? Yeah. I, like, I think there's definitely enough people out there in Donegal that would get in behind that. You know, if, if we see on Friday night there was a Euro Millions raffle winner, there was three in the country, Dublin, Donegal and Mead. So I'll tell you now, the Donegal one isn't me, but you know, if I was in that situation, <laughs> I would have no bother backing it because... You know, you can see that these sort of things, you're not guaranteed they're going to work, but you know, you're giving yourself every possible chance and that's all you can do. Um, and I think Donegal football is going to be a poor place uh, with the loss of Carol Lacey. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, Alan Foley of the Donegal Democrat. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Donegal GAA podcast. We will have much more on that in the coming weeks. Okay, on to the final section of the Donegal GAA podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, Jason Byrne, who, once again, I feel really, really weird calling you Jason because everybody knows you as Mosey. Welcome. <laughs> good to see you, Paddy. How's things? 
Not too good now, but look, could always be worse. Just before I start, you are a writer with the Irish Sun, but you changed roles. You have a, you've taken on a new role, I'm led to believe. Tell us about that. Uh, well, look, I'm still in the same great job. I just got kind of bumped up to GA correspondent because my brilliant colleague Gordon Manning went to the Irish Times. Great addition for them. I was sorry to lose him, but yeah, I just got I'm kind of in charge of GA now for herself. So n nothing much has changed, uh, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it's all go. <laughs> Something has changed though. Now you have a say in the All Stars, don't you? Oh yeah. Um, now none of that crack started yet. I don't know how it works. It was kind of, I was enjoying uh, kicking that door um, over the years. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would agree that uh, the likes of a few Donegal players got shafted with a few All Stars over the years. So I was enjoying kind of criticizing what went on behind that closed door. So I don't know what lies in store in that regard, but. I'm sure I'll find out when um, when they give me the secret knock in a few months' time. So Donegal get relegated and lose early in Ulster, but they're still getting, what, five All-Stars <laughs> under your watch? <laughs> I don't know if they'll get away with that now, but we'll see anyway. I think the the, the big gripe I still have is um, Colin Cabin getting one ahead of Owen Ban in 2018, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, that was a sore one. Donny getting one in 14 was one of my biggest gripes. Oh, he, he came on against... Mayo and okay, he was good. Got a couple of important scores and then got that poxy goal in the final. But anyway, maybe maybe that's for another day. Okay, <laughs> not too many all stars will be handed out to the green and gold leaving Oma here today. What did you make of this one? Oh, it's just yeah, like it's a bit of a reality check for Donegal. Like, let's be honest, there's a lot of uh, big important names missing here today. We're not going to mention the Martin Glenswilly because we've kind of we're, we're slowly but surely getting over that one. But you know, the the likes of Albon Ban, who I mentioned there, and you know, there's a lot of lads still to come back. Kieran Thompson still to come back, plenty more as well. So, like they have two weeks now again uh, to get ready for Monaghan and Clonus. You know, Ryan McHugh's a big miss there as well. Um, you know, he's going to be out for a few weeks. It looks to be with an, with a, I think it's a groin injury as well. So, like he'll he'll be a big like he's obviously such a massive loss too. And you know, so many of those young players have have so much to learn. Like you know and. You know, the win against Kerry was fantastic and everything else, but it just shows you how important home form is in the league. You know, uh, we don't see many away wins, even though Roscommon had a great one today in Salt Hill. But, you know, like Tyrone would have been just edging for this big time after what happened to them in the height against Roscommon. They would have been disgusted, like especially conceding three goals. And Donegal broke bore the brunt of that today, especially in terms of trying to find room in there. Like, you know, like, Jamie Brennan and Paddy McBurdy looked so frustrated, especially in that second half. They just, you know, they couldn't get room and they struggled. Donegal just struggled so much to get on possession. And when they did, they just seemed to cough it up so easily. But look, it's only the start of February. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to learn for, for all of them, management and players. So, look, they have two weeks now to kind of hit the reset button and, and go back at it again for Clonus. Can we talk just the state of play overall? And I won't keep you too long, but... You're adopted county, and I'm, I'm hearing bad rumours that the flags outside the house already, the uh, the common flag, so I hope I hope they're just anecdotes and they're not true, but I mean, Davey Burke and Cole, and I know Davey personally, but it's a brilliant start for him, two wins from two, many people felt it was going to be a battle between Tony Godmon and Roscommon, two of those three were going to go down, Roscommon already, looking for all the world, they're not going to get relegated, Mark McHugh is in there as well, and like... Plenty of good footballers in common. That's a huge, huge win for them. Galway, one point from two games. Probably a little bit later coming back. 
But the word, and we're only going on Twitter at the moment, Damien Comer stretchered off. That could have huge ramifications for Galway and their season. We'll wait and see. But just both of them, uh, where do you think they're at? Yeah, like like you mentioned, was common there, and that is such a massive one for them in Salt Hill, you know. Um, like was common them fear Galway or Mayo in in recent years. You know, Kevin McStay definitely changed that when he went in there as manager a few years ago. But like an old was low score in there, nine points to eight. You'd imagine in Salt Hill there was quite a significant breeze. But like that's a huge, huge win for them, and well done to Davy Burke and Mark as well. He you mentioned who you know made a huge impact with the Donegal ladies as a coach last year too, and he's obviously doing the business on the training field with Roscommon as well. You know Roscommon are that great yo-yo team; they just seem to go up and down from Division One and Division Two. But that's four points on the board straight away. You mentioned Damien Comer there. Like I was at the Galway Mayo game. Uh, last Saturday night in Castlebar, cracking evening. And 150,000 people at it. Yeah, like we showed up at half five and there was thousands of people outside waiting to get, on, waiting to get in. The lights weren't even on. I don't think there was any stewards there. Or not. They're unwell. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> that's just how, how passionate they are. But like, you know, Robbie Finnerty went off in the first half of that game with an ankle injury. So you look at Galway's full forward line from the All Ireland final. You've Cobra and Finnerty now in the treatment table and you've Shane Walsh still away in holidays after the Kilmacott Croaks thing. So. Mm. Like that's you know they can't afford to lose those players, especially when they've Liam Salt gone to New Zealand, Kieran Malloy's out with the cruciate. Like there, that, that's from from their All Ireland team last July missing those names. Ah, uh, that's that's a big big blow for for Porrick Joyce. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And by the time the podcast goes out, we'll have a full-time score from the Athletic Grounds in Armagh. The last we heard there, 12 minutes gone in the second half, and it was all square at 10 points apiece. Routine enough win for Kerry... Started a lot of the lads that did last week. Darroche inside. You know, really impressive. But look, expected there against Monaghan. And Monaghan, like ourselves, in a really precarious place. New management team in place. And maybe just a season to win some and lose some. But yeah, the state of play Division 1. Division 2 then, looking at this is biggest eyebrows raised here. Cork 214, Kildare 7 points. That's a huge win. Funny, I was on with Stephen O'Mara's podcast, The Square D, during the week. And he said, actually... The scoreline didn't do Cork justice against Mead last week. Mead kind of lived to scraps and they got a couple of great goals. But that Division 2 is just it's ruthless, isn't it? Dublin, Derry, Cork. Okay, Kildare had a bad result today. But, I mean, if you look at the likes of Donegal, Park, McShay said, we're in Division 2. It's, you really struggle to get out of it, wouldn't you? Oh, it's, it's every single year it's a dogfight, right? And Dublin, like, you know, Dublin are expected to win in Limerick. But, like, Dublin have to go to Derry and... They have to go to Cork, I think. So it would have been some crack if Dublin had to go up to the area in round one. For example, I thought that just would have been brilliant. Imagine Celtic Park last Saturday night with the Dubs in town in round one. But like Cork gave Kildare right trim in there in Newbridge as well. Uh, two fourteen to seven points, as you said. And I think it took Kildare an absolute age to get any sort of score on the board there. So like that's going to be uh, that's going to be a big big concern for them after you know kind of a, a battling kind of performance and a proud performance at Croke Park against the Dubs in round one and. You know, uh, like that that division is just such such. Derry are coming up, aren't they? They're going to get promoted. Ah, yeah, you would think so, Paddy. You would think so. Um, like me, scoring goals for fun. I think they've got seven goals now from the two games. Like they got three at Parky Key last week and another four there against against Clare. Um, you know, Colm O'Rourke, uh, fairness to him, put his money where his mouth is, uh, and he's left the TV studio and put on the banister bib, and they're they're getting them. Um, they're getting great results. They've got four points on the board as well. So, yeah, my old fourteen points are my eleven. Just finally, so that's going to stay the play, and we 
I was talking to him in McGee last week while we were on commentary, and he said you, when he was playing, even up to probably seven, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was, you'd come back as stone put on over Christmas and you come back but he's just said it's so different now because of the new condensed season in particular the league the league was always kind of you know you'd have your supporters out and everybody gets out for the day but it feels now I won't call it a championship feel to it but it's definitely gone up a couple of notches to a couple of years ago because teams realise now they've a bad league there's no four or five six weeks wait you can always start your season maybe in May but now it's just ruthless. You're into, the, you're into the provincial championships and now the new format as well, Jason. The Champions League style format. Yeah, and like, you know, if you were to get to your league final and you're in the preliminary round of the Ulster Championships, I think there's only like a two-week gap. I would need to check those dates again, but I know definitely... 18 uh, teams are out. 18 teams are out if they got to a league final, which only eight teams can get to a league final, but 18 teams are out the following week. Now, obviously, there won't be eight teams in league finals, but that just shows how close it is. Yeah, yeah, and it was the same last year. I remember, like, remember awfully they got to the league final and they were out the following week in the first round of the Leinster Championship, and it was just ridiculous stuff. Like, you know, like you, you do need some sort of a gap. I know, in, you know, in previous times the gap would have been much bigger, but you know, God Almighty, it's so demanding on players and it is so condensed. And like as you said, that new round robin format that's going to come in is going to be bang, 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 and. When that happens as well, there's going to be three teams going through from a four-team group, but you know it doesn't make much sense. There's going to be a lot of teething problems in the first year or two of this to see how it goes. So it's a matter of Congress um, after that to see what direction it takes. But you know there still is a big tie to the provincial championships in terms of seedings and everything else, and mm. the league has that importance as well, especially for the teams and divisions uh, three, four, and and division two as well. And like if, if you take uh, a case study in Sligo for example they're in Division 4 and they have quite an easy path with all due respect to a Connacht final now they do have to probably they're on a Connacht semi-final collision course with Leitrim who are also in Division 4 so Leitrim in fairness should be in the conversation too one of those teams are probably going to be in a Connacht final which means they're going to play in the Sam Maguire Championship which means a team in X place in Division 2 is going to have to play in the Talton Cup but all those complications are probably will be coming back to these conversations a hundred times between now and the end of April. But you know, there's these wee permutations that come into it that are all tied in with the league as well. So, you know, the teams down there in divisions two, three, and four have to be thinking about that as well. And everyone in division one, obviously it's paramount for the likes of Donegal and everyone else to stay there because that's where you have to be to be at that level come the championship. Yeah, three years' time going to me, you and Alan Foley and Frank going to Ockram for a Talton Cup game. Last question. Who's going to win the All-Ireland this year? Who's going to lift it in 2023? I know it's a horrible question. We're still only in February. Uh, I still think Kerry, just, just simply because of David Clifford. Dublin can bring back Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mann, you know, who they want. I think Clifford is just... Uh, I think we were witnessing, witnessing once in a lifetime stuff here. And I think things are only going to get better for him. Because if you think about it last year, even in the All-Ireland quarter-final, he was basically in one leg with an ankle injury against Mayo. And what did he score? 1-3 or something? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's just mesmerising what he can do. And I think Went off injured against their own year prior to that. Yeah. And that was the kind of catalyst for changing that game. Yeah, and I think I think the only way is up and up and up. And we are witnessing an absolute superstar. And there's no chance of this guy imploding off the field or anything. You know, the persona that he has and the way that he carries himself just seems to be exemplary. And uh, 
you know, I believe he's a big Celtic fan as well. Um, so I'd love to get chatting to him about that sometime. I'm sure a lot of our Donegal listeners would be interested in that conversation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's just I, I think just because of him, if he if, you know, if he gets injured, it's 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 game over for Kerry, I would think. But you know, with him in the field, I, ju- I just can't I can't see them being beaten. Oh. Literally, this is the last one. Anything big coming on in the year yourself, July, August? Uh, anything big happening in your life? I can't really think. No, uh, I know I'm getting married in in August. Yeah, I'm actually we're actually going to be in bother if the All Ireland goes to a replay, but we'll worry we'll worry about that later. But uh, half a Kelly Legs is coming down for the wedding, and a fair few from here in Oma as well, because me me mum's from here in Oma. So um, yeah, it'll be um, we'll have to we'll have to give them all a warning in the in the Midlands when that when that weekend's coming up. Good man. I heard there's no stag party as well, so that's great. Just a wedding. That's brilliant. Jason Byrne of the Irish Sun, once again, Jason, congratulations on your new role. You have done mighty fine. They're all very proud of you in the Southwest and Kelly Bex. <laughs> Thanks very much, buddy. They're all proud of you down in Glen Gage as well. Nobody is proud of me, I can say. Not many Donegal supporters will be proud leaving this afternoon. That's the end of our Sunday edition of the Donegal GAA podcast. Big shout out to all our contributors and to Parik McShay, who was on commentary. He stayed on uh, to give us his words of wisdom on Donegal's performance in Oma today. After that, we heard from from the Donegal Democrat duo, Alan Foley and Frank Craig. And there, just a few moments ago, we heard from a proud son of Kelly Beggs, Jason Byrne of the Irish Sun. Donegal play Monaghan in two weeks' time, so we're going to have a break next week. No Donegal GAA podcast, but Conor Breslin and myself and a couple of more guests uh, will be previewing that game in the Farney County, which takes place exactly two weeks today. I think throwing is at 1.45 in St. Chirnox Park in Clonus. For me, Paddy McGill, big shout out to Austin O'Callaghan, on production and number one the podcast would not be going out uh, to you all the loyal Donegal uh, supporters who tune in in your large numbers every week bye for now stay safe and we'll talk to you in around nine or ten days time Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.